With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Buzzworthy Radio's anniversary week is sponsored by Absolutely Shitless. Is there a specific should that you want to try to give up, or is there a should that is causing you a great deal of stress in your life? Well, today marks the third annual Give Up Your Shoulds Day, where you are able to get rid of some of the clutter of all of your shoulds. And not just for today, you can do it at any time of your life. Pick up Absolutely Shouldless, written by Damon L. Jacobs at your local bookstore or at Amazon.com. Hey, Buzzworthy Radio. It's Sean Prue from Toronto, the himbo, and I just wanted to wish you a wonderful three-year anniversary. Congratulations on doing what you do so well. Lots of love. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special week here on Buzzworthy Radio. I'm your host, Devel J. Lee. It is Monday, November 1st, 2010, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time here on blogtalkradio.com slash buzzworthyradio. This is anniversary week. Buzzworthy celebrates three years on the air this Friday, November 5th. I cannot believe it's been three years since I've been doing this show. And it just seems like yesterday we talked to Captain Hicklin for the very first time. And lo and behold, you'll actually be listening to that very interview coming up in just a few minutes' time. I had been utterly, utterly shocked at how much support and how much love the fans have been showing within the three years of doing this show and I will never be able to forget that in any which way so I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this show as often as you do and showing your love and support for the show and for myself here's to another three years on the air and this interview with Captain Hickland was a very very great show a very great first show mind you you know it was it was very exciting and exhilarating because when I got that call that I was going to be interviewing her, I got the chance to interview her. I I was completely and utterly floored out of my mind. I, I, I did not know how to react to it except just like shout beams of like glow of, of joy. Glow of joy. Can you have glow of joy in your face? I don't even know. But whatever I uh, it was, I was that when I got the news that I was going to be talking to her. And I loved it. Loved every minute of it. We talked about all of her roles, uh, especially that of loving and the city, which I was very, very surprised by, by the reaction of of her response to working on loving. I think that really like perked up my ears a lot to to find out exactly what went down behind the scenes on that show. So it, it was a very interesting conversation, which you are now about to hear. So here is our very first show with our very first guest, Captain Hicklin. Are you threatening me? 
How do you think Jack would feel if he knew that his own father, well, what his own father did to him on the day that he was born, keeping him from his mother, telling Blair that he was dead, pawning him off on strangers? Why, Spencer knew exactly what he was doing when he was exacting revenge with you, didn't he? He's giving you the same thing you gave Blair. So you're, you're suggesting that this whole episode with Tommy is because of what happened with Jack? What happened with Jack, you did on purpose. And you're his father. I didn't know it was mine. You knew he was Blair's. That was a long time ago. Yet history's repeating itself. You didn't know that Jack was yours. You didn't know that Tommy was yours either. DNA does not make a dad. Love and sacrifice does. You stay away from Marcy, Michael, and their child, or I will make sure that Jack knows exactly what kind of father he has. Wow, she's definitely a force to be reckoned with. Please welcome yeah. from One Life to Live, Ms. Catherine Hicklin. How you doing there? Oh, my God. At last we meet. At last we meet. That is correct. How are you, Catherine? It's nice to meet you. Thank you. It's great to meet you, too. I'm awesome. I'm so, like, this is the coolest thing. I know, right? (laughs) Technology has come a long way for us. Yeah, I can't even, I can't just figure this out, you kids. (laughs) 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 This is awesome. Oh, right. These these actually, these techniques did not come in until this year. (laughs) Well, you got it. This is great. I, I, I didn't even know what I was calling into and all of a sudden I'm listening to you guys talk about some great chick and it, it was me. It was you. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. That's awesome. Yes. After hearing a scene like that, wow, what an introduction. Yeah. It was a long <laughs> one. I, you know, sometimes I don't realize how long we talk until you until you hear it without looking at it. You know, when it's an audio <laughs> thing, you're like, gosh, she never shuts up. <laughs> so you hear that music that just has to cut you off. Oh man, <laughs> that was an incredible scene to see Lindsay just basically go after Todd like that. I mean, I watched it while I was recording it on an MP3 and uploaded it, and just seeing Lindsay at her worst once again, it was so incredible to finally have that back on the fold on One Life to Live Again. Oh well, thank you. And you know, I, I got it, Sam. I mean, it came out of nowhere. Like I, I was you know, taking care of Tommy for a year, and then, boom, out of nowhere, this great storyline came in, and and I hadn't played, I hadn't had a chance to play that part of my character in such a long time that I I just, I can't even describe to you how fun it was. And, you know, to now, I'm just getting back into the swing. Um, I started taping again last week um, because they, you know, we have a writer's strike going on, and it's all... Uh, it's really been tough for everybody, but um, we're keeping going, and the stories are coming in now, and and it's it's just the stuff I have to do that's coming up is so so great, and it's great to to have her be, um, you know, not so nice again. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we like. You know, nice is so boring. You I want agree. To be nice daytime. The only thing about when you're not being nice, when you're completely just crazy, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, even if you're crazy with a heart. It's hard to keep straddling that line so that the audience will go with you on the ride and not turn on you. It's a very difficult thing to do, but 
you know, that's the fun and challenge of playing the role, a role like that. So that was actually one of my questions too. What did you prefer? You prefer playing villainesses, or you prefer playing the nice girl on on soaps? Playing nice is it's a bore to watch. It's even more of a bore to perform it because it's, you know because it's not so much as a bore to perform it, but it's it's more difficult to to because it's hard to make that interesting. Right. That's really hard to make interesting. When you play a villainess, it's a super challenge because you really, uh, again, you know, want to take the audience on an entertaining e-ticket ride and just really yank them around and have them going, woohoo, you know, with you instead of just saying, oh, I can't stand her, you know. It, it, you want them to to love to hate you or just know that you're that when your character walks in a room into a scene that something is going to happen and that that's the the fun part of playing a villainess um and it's it's easier to play a villainess than it is to play a nice person it's believe it or not but it, playing a nice person does get a little boring i agree we're yeah. actually both radio soap actors so we we know how it goes <laughs> oh my God! How awesome! Yeah. I know. Actually, <laughs> I would like to know. Um, we're from I'm from Pittsburgh, and uh, Navelle's from Jersey. Ah, so you boys are close by. Exactly. Yeah. I used to live in New York City over the over the summer. I had an internship with uh, MTV. I lived in Harlem. Oh wow! Yeah, that's where Cameron Matheson lives, and now he, he has a beautiful house there. Very nice. Yeah. He did awesome. I was rooting for him on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, I could not believe that he got voted off. I could not believe it because I just thought he was great, and I I thought that his fan base would really keep him there. Um, and I was just so proud of him because, I mean, he's not a dancer. Leo was not a dancer. Great Cameron was not a dancer. And and I love that show when, when the playing field is more level because – I'm not a dancer. I act, I sing, I cannot dance. And so if I were to do a show like that, it you know, I would rather be on a level playing field. It just doesn't seem fair when you have actors that have, you know, done professional of shows course. on, you know. It just doesn't oh, seem fair. Yeah. But he he was 10 times better than Marie Osmond, I'm going to say, and probably a little, I think he was a little, a little bit better than Jenny Garth. He definitely deserved to make it to the finals at least. Oh yeah, oh, and absolutely. and Elio. I mean, like I'm, I, I was happy that he won. Um, I would have been happy with either one of them, you know, what I had to pick from. But I was watching it with my best friend, and she, when Marie Osmond got voted off, she whooped, hollered, got up. Ha- <laughs> I, I've never seen anyone so happy. I said, "What? Oh God!" <laughs> I think half of America did as well. Absolutely me. <laughs> oh good God. So, so what do you want to know, kids? I, I'm all yours. Well, I'm actually an actor as well. I'm an inspiring actor. I just kind of started out, and I would like to know, how did you get started out in the business? Well, you know, it, you said two decades, and um, it's actually 20. It'll be 20. Uh, let's see. I just got my SAG card in the mail, my Screen Actors Guild card. You know, they they, they um, just sent me my uh-huh. new one. And I looked at it, and it said, member since 1977. Wow. So that means that this is my 30th year as an actor, and I started in soaps in 1980, so that's 27 years. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? (laughs) Okay, so the answer to your question would be it was a lot different when I started out than when people are now, but I 
just really believe, and I really am not kidding, I, I believe that if you want to do it and if you are, you know, good at it, I mean, like, really, I think having being talented is really important for you. I will say that I, I think determination is <laughs> – it, determination will get you the work, but talent will keep the work. You will, will keep you there. Awesome. And Very truthful answer. Yeah, it's I true, though. That. I can cry on command. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that that is I don't know. Hopefully, it is. Hard that's, it is. Radio? <laughs> I, well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you just got to be as emotional as possible. Yeah. Oh, I just think that, you know, I really I just think that if you have a burning desire in your heart to do to do that, if anyone out there, you know, has a burning desire in their heart to be an actor, then that, you know, if if you think that that is you can deal with all that comes with that dinner, and there's a lot of sides that come with that dinner because <laughs> you know, it's a dedication and you know, not letting and not not putting your self-worth on someone saying yes to you or no to you. Um I mean, that's really what it takes. But I'd say just getting your picture out there, getting representation, getting your picture to every casting director you can, you know, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You just, you don't, you just keep knocking until they go. Exactly. Exactly. After, I always say, you know, after one audition, I don't care if I got it or if I didn't, I'm on to the next, you know. Right, right, but you, not on the same door too, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, because it, you know, no one wakes up at any at any day saying, "How can I make so and so's career today?" You know, they have a exactly. hundred details in their head, and so to, for you to put your um, yourself in their consciousness is really important. And if I could just tell you that both, let's see, uh, one life to live is probably, I would say, at this point, it's the most favorite character I've ever played. Certainly the longest. This is my 10th year there. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. And I got that part, as well as Les Mis on Broadway, um, I, I by writing a letter, by saying, I, I'm your girl. I mean, you know, this, this I'm your girl. I know you're casting a role uh, for this, uh, you know, and I, I won't tell you that I'm the best but let me tell you what I bring to the barbecue. I'm not the best actress in the world, but I'm the best best actress for this role, and here's why. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring that. I'm going to, you know, you never ask someone for something. You tell them what you're going to give them. Dedication. I like that. You have to have that something, that determination that you want to have when you want to go for something. Otherwise, you're not going to be getting what you want is basically correct. Well, you need to also convince them that that they need you. They want they you are their guy. You know, you you're the man. You are their Heck man yeah. for that role. And and here's why. Like I said, it's like not. Gosh, could you? I'd really like to. You know, no, no. I'm your guy. You know, and you mm-hmm. you bring me in and let me show you. And and I did that. Um, you know, with uh, One Life to Live, but it was actually for the part. They were thinking about bringing the part of Tina Lord back, and I had already missed out playing. Was it uh, who? Yeah, I had missed out playing that part by two, you know, two different actresses. I I tested for Tina. And when I heard they were bringing it back, it was when Loving was gone, the city was gone, so I was in between the city and One Life to Live, and 
I just wanted to be on that show. I loved that show. And I and I thought that I would be great in that part. And I wrote Pat Silly, who was the president of the network, and just I pled my case. I mean, you know, she called me at home and said, I, I've never received such an awesome letter. And I ten mean, years said, later. Yeah, yeah, but you know well, what? Where you are. She said, frankly, you are not going to get the part of Tina Lord because if we brought it back, we were going to do that only so that we could have Andrea Evans play the part. But I'm sending this letter over to the producer and the writers, and they brought me in for a one-day role, which is another lesson for you guys. A one-day role turns into a ten-year part. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So you were talking about. The way. You were definitely talking about the city and and loving, and you've been on a lot of shows, which unfortunately has has been canceled. What was that like? What kind of experience was that? Well, I have been on a lot of shows. I mean, you know, the um, loving was. Uh, that you know, I liked being on that show, but it was not my favorite show at all by any means. It was a very we'll dish now. <laughs> okay. Awesome, we like truthfully. Awesome, we like that stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It was not a nice show. The, the 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 actors were not. You know, some people will argue that with me, but I I'm I will tell you frankly, I did not. I found that to be one of an unfriendly show to be on. But I enjoyed my time there. The city was was a much better experience. I actually loved that show. When Loving was canceled, I I hate to see any show go off the air, but I I, I don't know. I was okay with that. When the city was canceled after only one year, I that was hard because I felt that the show was really different and that one year wasn't enough and it was a bad time slot and I I just felt that. I was going to miss these people and I miss that part. And that so that was hard, but you know, as an actor you're going to always be experiencing the beginning and ending of things and you and you must learn to stand just pick yourself up and say I'm on to the next thing and that's going to be even better. Something exactly. really great is going to happen to me right now. Of course, plus the city had Morgan Fairchild. And what was she like? She was great. Uh, I, you know, I really liked her. She is beyond unbelievably t- uh, intelligent. She um, She's a very good actress, incredibly professional and dedicated, and I learned an awful lot by working with her. I really enjoyed her. And, you know, there were people that weren't very nice to her when she got there, and I, and you know, and again, you know, you're, when you're on a show with 30-or-plus people, you're not going to be with 30 great people. It just isn't that the, the numbers are stacked against you. It's just not that way. There's always going to be some dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you know, that's why you have to really make every experience your own experience and live in your own reality and, you know, just in gratitude and just, oh, I'm so happy to be here today and nothing can disturb my peace and no matter what, mm-hmm. I'm going to be happy. And, you know, you just do all those things, and, you know, you don't care about that stuff. But she she was great. Of course, and we were actually, we were, I was researching your IMDb uh, credit, and I saw you actually uh, temporarily replaced Catherine Kelly Lang from Born Beautiful. Now, what was that like? Well, she got sick with something, and, um, and, and it's so funny um, because I had, Gail Kobe was the, producer of The Bold and the Beautiful then for the first year and she had been my executive producer on Texas. Actually Paul Rausch hired me and after about nine months or so Gail Kobe came in as executive producer 
um, along with Judy Lewis, who was um, one of the producers, too. And it was terrible. I mean, I, I got fired from my job, uh, you know, three months after they got there. I felt it coming, and that's the worst part when you're an actor is when you feel when you feel like, you know, someone's not getting you and you and there's not much you can really do about it. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. I just knew that that was coming and uh and I felt terrible because it was my first big job and um sure enough, boom, I I I lost my job. Uh I moved to Los Angeles and then that show only lasted another year. Um and she went on to the Bold and the Beautiful and when they called me in to to um to replace Catherine Kelly Lang for however many shows she would be missing. If they already had missed three or four episodes because she had been out and they couldn't let it go any further. And so um she asked asked me to come in and I was so shocked because here's the woman that let me go. So you see, you never know who's gonna be where. And so lesson number two, guys, and for everybody who's listening. Love it. Never burn your bridges. Never. Yeah, and you know, and but I said no. I I didn't I didn't want to do it because I wanted to be on the bold and the beautiful. I didn't want to be a, a replacement and ruin my chances. Right. Um, then Bill Bell called me himself at home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, we just, we're not going to say no to Bill Bell. I know, right? No, and so I said okay. He said we're in a bind. We really need you. I really really need you. And I said okay. I'll be there, um, and I did it because of him. Um, and I had a great time, and I could not play her sweet and nice the way Brooke Logan was back then. I put a little edge in her, even for those episodes that I did, and she ended up becoming one of the great, you know, cranky characters of all times. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny because she told me years and years later, I finally met her, and she's so beautiful. And I and I said, uh, oh my God, I I've just always wanted to meet you. I, you know, she said that she would have been homesick watching me play her part on the show, and it made her feel worse. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know. They could have brought you back as like an evil twin, dead sister or something. You never know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's not the way it played out, and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to there be there. So, yeah. And I actually I have one more question for you. I know Nivelle has tons of questions. We wanted to split up for you. Um, my last question is, what was it like to get pied in the face by Dorian? I saw that episode. Well, you know, I, you never know what she's going to do. I mean, she's <laughs> really, and I'm telling you, she is fantastic to work with because she is unpredictable and completely professional. And I, I really was more worried about that pie getting in my hair <laughs> because, you know, it's so hard to get that stuff out. Yeah. Then my was it real pie? Were, it was real pie, but you oh, know, I don't no. eat sugar because it's the only way I can keep my weight, you know, manageable because I'm a sugar addict. And I was, you know, just asking, please, can it be a sugar-free apple pie because I don't even want it to go in my mouth because it's like crack cocaine, you know? <laughs> you, you just taste it and you want to eat the whole pie. And I'm not kidding. That's how bad my sugar addiction was. I know how that goes, yeah. It doesn't feel good to get a pie in the face. But I'll tell you what was even what felt even worse was that good slap she gave me in St. Anne's. I didn't see that. Oh no. Oh how you gotta go back in the archives because that's worth saying. You gotta go to YouTube and all that. 
YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he slapped me right out of my my uh, um, whatever it was I was in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds fun though. Oh, it is. Oh, I, I this is the best job in the world. It's awesome. It really is. It's the best job. For those of you that are tuning in right now. I'm sorry that you did. You should have been here from the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. For those of you tuning in right now, we have on the wonderful, greatly beautiful, talented Catherine Hicklin on the show right now. If you want to call in, it is 646-595-4228. Do you want to take a phone call? This person's been here for like three, well, let's bring them. five minutes. Bring, bring them on. on. Area oh, code. my gosh. People can call in? People yeah. can call we in. We have other people talk to us. Area code nine five six, I believe, from Texas. You are on the line. Hi, Catherine. How are you? As good as this. How are you? Hi, my name is Melissa. I actually was at Super Soap Weekend a couple of years ago with my mom and my daughter, and I saw you sing, and you have a beautiful voice. Oh, you're so Uh, kind, because that's not my first talent. So, you know, I always appreciate people saying nice things. I, I received that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I have a, I have a question for you. Um, I, I'm actually more I, – I love all my children. My sister got me watching One Life to Live, and she just told me actually today, she was like, uh, you have to watch today's episode so you can get right back into it because I also host a show here on Blog Talk Radio. And um, I was like, all right, I'll watch it or whatever. But what I was curious about is how do you feel when they integrate Pine Valley and Landview, like when they had Babe Chandler on – when they had Babe, uh, oh, you know. Well, uh, she turned into Babe Chandler on All My Children, but, yeah, Babe. I, uh, I don't really like it so much, except I will tell you that, well, only because I've watched soaps my whole life, and, you know, I get all associated with one show, one town, and those characters. And I'm, I'm, I like to keep everything separate. It's just, the you know, me. That, that's how I like to, my soap operas. When I see a character go from one soap opera to another, it has to be an extraordinary circumstance for me to buy it. Uh-huh. Um, and the one time I got to tell you that I really loved it was when Michael Knight came over from One Life uh, from All My Children and did this episode. You may not have seen it, um, but I think it's on YouTube if you want to go see it. And it's a uh, it was a, an episode that he did with Hillary Smith, Ty Treadway, and myself, and it was like a 50s film noir, campy episode, and it was for Fan February. So the fans actually wanted him to come do work work with me at, at um, One Life to Live, and it, that worked. It was just silly and fun. Well, but, he's silly and fun. <laughs> and you know, and so you know, that was really that was really an exception. And I still, that's one of my favorite episodes ever. But when I see, you know, like remember when Linda Dano was jumping around on all the shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It takes me out of the reality of it because, believe me, I'm like you. I watch these shows, and I'm in Pine Valley, or I'm in Landview, or I'm in Fort Charles. I'm, you know, I'm like, and I'm believing it. You know, all of it. And uh, so I don't like to be have my my reality jarred by a character that's not supposed to be there or that I know from somewhere else. Yeah. How do you exactly. like it? Yeah, I actually. Well, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing everybody. 
I'm so used talking. to my own show. <laughs> I just, Melissa, I want to thank you so much for calling in. That's your name, right, Melissa? Yes. Yeah, I want to thank um, you so much for calling in. Uh, it's great talking to you. Thank you for calling in. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. No uh, problem. Really great nice having you on. Thank you. Have a beautiful right. holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Well, and speaking of crossovers, just like Melissa's question, um, my character on Scripts and Scruples, the radio show that I was on, I, I actually plug. am on. Plug. <laughs> yeah, plug. Come on. i got to do a plug here. And it was actually, he actually just recently uh, went to another radio soap, and same character. It was a crossover. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was different, though. It was kind of, it was kind of not bittersweet, but it was very, like, I really hope that I have a job when I get back to my old show, if I do get back, because I was really hoping, you never know, like, somebody might just, like, okay, he's going to be staying over there, and but luckily I came back, and, and I came back as a murder suspect, which was a lot of fun. It's so much fun yeah. to play... It's so much fun to play bad, you know, a bad... I came back as an evil... First off, my, my original character was killed off, and then I came back as the evil twin, and he's so much fun. And he actually, he's, he's from the South. I give him a little twang. I'm not going to do it, but... <laughs> he oh definitely has... I can't believe you're not going to do it for us. Oh, I... I, I You've got to do it now. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's there really you. funny. The pressure's on. You have to go. You have to give us the twang. i got to do the twang. For yeah. Dylan, Dylan Andicott from New York City. I'm there. There, I know that. Right? <laughs> <It's really funny. laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm going to Arkansas tomorrow morning, and there's lots of twang there, and I'm really love the people from Arkansas, so I'm awesome. so looking forward to that. Yes, and the people from Texas, because I spent a lot of time in Texas in the last year. So, um, you know, I love Texans. They're very, very cool people. And, of course. And. Uh, and I really, when I'm in these places, I listen to those accents, and everywhere I go, it's very, you know, it's different. But I try to listen really hard because you never know when you're going to be called upon to use a, a I dialect. Know. Yeah. I know, right? I was actually trying out for a theater, and like he was actually looking at my resume, and he was giving me all these things. He said, you can do Russian? I was like, yes. He's like, you can do British? I said, yes. And it was so much fun because they actually got to do it on the spot because usually, you know, accents are the death because... They don't want accents unless it's called for. And yeah. he was the the director said, you know, just called me out on it. I was like, that's so much fun. It was so great. And and the monologue was actually from Escanaba in the Moonlight, which by Jeff Daniels, that's already Southern. And yeah. uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's hard. It's really yeah. hard to do it well. Yeah. You know. I really I really like the I'm really getting the Australian. I can oh, you know that's totally, a really hard one. I know, right? It's fun. It's really bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> really bad to do. <laughs> I, I I love the show Neighbors. I'm a big fan of Neighbors from. Uh, I love Neighbors, yeah. And Holly Valance and all that. Oh, that's so good. That's Thank you. Really Seriously, but better watch out. I'm mean, you know, as an Australian, American as an Australian, and hopefully an American soap. You do that better than Ingo Rademacher. Oh, that's awesome. That's a compliment. Thank you. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, there you no. go. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we have any more callers? Um, no. <laughs> that's all we're gonna know. Yeah, that's enough. I just checked it. Hey, that's out. cool. That's cool. But I know you, know, have, you have tons of questions for. I do actually. Um, I actually want to ask you about your. You have a cosmetic company it's called Cat Cosmetics, which I think is so cute. Uh, what prompted What prompted you to go into this venture to create your own cosmetics company? What was the desire to um, make it yourself? Well, 
I always had an entrepreneurial mind, always. Even when I was a kid, I used to play jacks. Do you remember that game? Yes, I, I do. do. <laughs> you throw the ball and you pick up the little star things, up, you know. And I, I was a jack ringer. I mean, I, I was so good at it, even when I was about five. And my dad, who was uh, a dentist and he used to have dinner parties at the house and, and um you know, I was raised by a single father for, until I was a teenager. And so, you know, he would have, you know, these uh, grand dinner parties and um, people would come over in suits and ties and cocktails or dresses. And I'd be in the back room, you know, uh, playing jacks, having these guys on the floor and men and ladies on the floor playing jacks with me. And I would you know, be winning all kinds of money, and my dad would come in and say, what is going on? <laughs> Give them the money back. <laughs> because them. he knew I was a champion at it. So, I mean, I always in my head was a little um, entrepreneurial, but, you know, having a business, making money, you know, um, uh, and it's not about the money with this company. That's the funny thing. This company is not about the money. It is so much more than that to me because it's hard to start a company and make it go. It, it's a 24-7 thing. If I had known how hard it was going to be, I don't think I would have done it. But like every entrepreneur will tell you, you get so deep in that you can't go back. And then you just realize, you know, that you've got something special. But I love women so much. And it, and it allows me to be on a one-on-one -on -one with women in a way that I just can't, I can, I don't know, it's hard to get any other way. And I make things that are beautiful, and I make things that make women feel better about who they already are. And, you know, I just love it. You know, I just love my company, and um, it's six years old I'll tell my mom year. about it. That's hmm? great. I'll definitely yeah. tell my mom about it. Maybe a Christmas present. There you go. Oh, Is yeah. There any yeah. Is there any place that, you know, the listeners out there, anybody else who's interested can find out more about Cat Cosmetics at all? Well, it's catcatcosmetics.com, and if you go there, um, I have a beautiful online store. Um, it's it's very beautiful, and uh, also there's a section that says locations, and uh, you can see if there's a location near where you live, and if not, you know, we have a 30-day return policy, no questions asked. I'm, it's very important to me that every woman that buys something from this company is very happy with it or she gets her money back. That's it. And um, so if you go to catcosmetics.com, you can see all that. And also my inspirations that I write are there. Um, and uh, and so there's a lot to go do on that site. It's a fun place to go. And we'll probably have it up on our website, so you guys can yes. definitely go and check that out there. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Self-promotion, you know. <laughs> Self-promotion is the key. Got it. Yeah. Word of mouth. Word of mouth always works. Well, that too. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you're doing if no one knows about it. It's, you know, you've got to, no matter what business you're in, you know, that's the very, very base of success for it is, you know, getting the word out about it and having people love your product and tell their friends. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. One of the main things when I started watching When I Like to Live religiously when you came on, because despite the loving issue, I loved Tess Wilder. She was a great I loved, character. I loved Tess Wilder. I loved her. I loved the character on Loving and the city. And I followed you when you went to One Life to Live, which was one of the main things that drew me in. But what really fascinated me was 
I call it a complex relationship that you share, your character shares with Norm Buchanan. The chemistry that you and Hillary B. Smith have on the screen is just fantastic. What's it like doing scenes with her? She's the best actress in daytime television, in my opinion, and I just cannot tell you how awesome it is to work with somebody of that caliber because, and I've admired her work, you know, from when she was on As the World Turns, and Mm -hmm. so I, when I found out I'd be working with her, I could not have been happier, and, you know, it's the same thing working with Bob Woods, it's, when they're that good, you just feel like you can't go wrong, there's a safety net under you, you can fly on the trapeze and go as, as far as, fly as far as you want to because there's going to be some amazing net under to catch you if if you should fall. And you are only as good as the person you're in a scene with. I agree. I totally agree with you. You cannot make us, one actor a scene does not make. If you're in a scene with an actor that's so-so or worse, there's nothing you can do to to survive it. But when you're in 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 a, it's like anything, when you're working with somebody or playing a game with somebody that's better than you are, it raises your bar because you have to rise to that level. Are you, how competitive are you? Are you very competitive? I don't. I am not competitive with others. Um, not at all. Um, I, but if you put me on a game show, I got a show. If I'm competing for a charity with money and or my contestant, you know, I am outrageously competitive, but not in this business, and I never have been, and I don't believe in it. I think we, that competing with others is just a waste of time and energy, and there's room enough for everybody in this world and in this profession and in every profession, and everybody brings something different to the table, and there is no need to ever feel threatened or insecure because that will not do nothing for you personally or professionally. It can only hurt you. That is very amiable. I like that very much. Yeah. I commend you for feeling that way. That is incredible. It's true, I like though. that insight. Mm-hmm. Very There's good. There's no reason to be threatened or, or competitive because you you will only compete with yourself to be the absolute best you can be, and that's as much as I believe in competition. That's great. Yeah. Now, I just recently heard that you released a CD. Did oh, my you? gosh. That, that was a long time ago, but uh, I still, yeah, you can get it. I believe you can get it at catcosmetics.com as well. Um, yeah, it's a Broadway CD. It has um, songs from Les Mis, Phantom, and Miss Saigon, and it's with a 24-piece orchestra. And uh, and I, you know, do the, some of the songs with the guys, two guys that played uh, Marius and Les Mis, talented mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. So how was that like working on Broadway compared to the daytime drama arena? Because I've been hearing lots of things that it's way different but not in person <laughs> how does that how does that compare um the major differences between the two um arenas well i mean with a with a play you learn it once and then you just you do it every night and you you know craft it every single night and try, and and the the challenge becomes to make it so new to you every night that you, that you hopefully will entertain or thrill an audience and with a show, you know, you're learning a new show, every single show, and hanging on by the skin of your teeth. And But there's no live audience. So if you make a mistake, I mean, it's like, cut, okay, let's do that again. 
they don't like you to do that. There's no time for it. But it, the reality is, is that you will stop tape and do it again. And when you're in a show with an audience um, like that on Broadway, especially, um, I mean, I forgot the lyrics to my song one night. Um, one of my songs, uh, you know, it, just anything can happen. And I mean, it happens to everybody. And there's no right. cut. Let's go back. I mean, you just, you just have to figure it out on your of feet. Of course, gotta ad lib. Yeah, I mean, the truth is the audience, and, and I mean, if you keep going, the audience will never know anything went wrong. Exactly. But there's, it's an, I mean, it's an amazing experience because it's live, and it's a thrill. And um, I did another show, actually, um, here called Pieces, and uh, that was the most wonderful theater experience of my life. It, it surpassed anything I think I've ever done, and um, I, the show is it was fantastic, really great, and and I, I had a great time doing that. It was a monologue show and true story about my life and about all the girls, you know, that were in it, the ten of us, about our lives, and it, and it was the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of, uh, you know, being a woman, being a beautiful woman, so that's what it was about. So it, 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 was, um, it was really good, and men loved it because they felt that uh, they were really getting in the inside of a woman's, Head, which is not easy to do. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I, yeah. And so you can write a book about that. I'll probably buy it. <laughs> or make an instructional DVD. I will probably would buy it and want it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All my ex-girlfriends are listening. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's important that, that you try because, you know, I mean, we are very different creatures and so much so that uh, there, there was a book that was a bestseller and still is that talk about how we're from different planets. Um, of course, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, Mars and Venus. Yeah, that's a great. Of that one. You know, but we are different. And I have a book coming out next year. I don't know if you know that. Oh really? We yeah. Not, this is this is inside information on Buzzworthy only. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it Living comes out October. Uh, it's well, they're, they're going to probably change the title, but it's coming out from Simon and Schuster. I love um, Simon and Schuster. Good for you. Yeah, and it's um. It's uh, the working title on it right now is you know um, a heartbreak buster and it's uh, how to put down your emotional baggage and have the life you really want. Cool. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the title will be, but of course um, it's coming out October twenty eighth, two thousand eight, and um, I will be out on a big book tour with it. So that, that that'll be fun. Oh, that'll be great. Simon Schuster also uh, makes Mary Higgins Clark books. I don't know if you know about her. She's one of my favorite authors. Oh so, yeah. Simon Schuster, go go you. I love. Yeah, I, they're great. They well, Joel Osteen is with them, and he's one of my heroes. And um, uh, he, he's just not that into you, which was a fantastic book. Was it was a Simon and Schuster book, and um, and and I, you know, that that's a really good book, I think, for women to read. I, I don't know if you guys ever saw it, because you know, guys probably didn't read it since it was geared for women, but. There was a book that really taught us to wake up and, you know, know what it was, the time to say, this isn't working. You're just not <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know what I've actually I've realized now is that I've, I've kind of noticed a change. I mean, all of my guy friends, it's like, it kind of seems like we want, not, it's not that we want what women want, but it's like the men kind of want to go into commitment. Now. Yes, men want to go into commitment, and then women are like, we no, we don't want that. Whereas are you before. finding that? Are you two finding that to be true? Yes and no. I mean, I, yeah, I, I have no. older friends, so it's kind of like 
it's not like Sex in the City for us, but in Pittsburgh, not really. But I think more um, of my guy friends are more into commitments rather than they are. Of yeah, I, I would agree with you there. A one-time fling. I mean, and I really don't <laughs> find that a lot with people of my age bracket. And what is your age bracket? I'm 22. We're 22. I'm both, both, both 22. 22. <laughs> I have shoes older than you are. You really? I wouldn't believe it. Wow. Now, seriously, that I'm finding that really, really interesting because I don't have an opportunity to be around people your age all that often, except for you seem cool enough. Let me tell you, I love being around the kids on our show that are your age because I, it gives me an, the ability to peek through the window of this generation that you're that you come from, and your world is strange and frightening to me. Oh wow! Well, we hear that a lot. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> but I think that's because you, you, and it must be strange and frightening to you too, because you know you're in a generation that is an iPod generation. It's a computer generation. You guys yeah. grew up with computers in your classroom since you can remember. Yes. <laughs> and so you know it's a different kind of. There's a everything's got to be now 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 it's there's no it, there's no discovery and exploration i can't imagine when i was in school having been able to say i, I need to learn something about um, yeah, let me google that i mean that, 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 that's amazing you know, no. like, wow. what would you even like think of saying i'm going to go and google something i would you know i never would have million years would have pictured saying that right but I do think Sounds that you know, there's there's a depth factor that you know you have to work harder for because of being raised in this generation of everything now, everything fast, everything. You know, it, it, there's a boredom factor that sets in real fast with this generation that we didn't have in, when I was your age. Of course, and actually, in speaking of generation, maybe generation gaps, um, I'm privy to, I, get, I wouldn't say older women. I think the oldest woman I've ever gone after is 10 years older than me. She was, it was a bar thing, that, you know, whatever. But still, and speaking of cougars and things like that, your character, Lindsay, actually hooked up with your daughter's boyfriend, was it? Yeah, and you know what? That was really interesting because he was, that was, I didn't know what a cougar was until that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> There's wow. a radio personality in New York. His name is Goomba Johnny, and he's in WKTU, and he. He's the one that told me, he said, so you're a cougar. I'm like, oh, cougar, what's that? And he told me. And that really was weird because he was 23 when we were doing that storyline, John Paul Lavasia that plays Rex. And wow. I, of wow. course, I mean, have never been with anybody, you know, uh, that young and or even near it. I mean, never. I, I don't even think I was with anybody that young when I was 23. <laughs> so I, I was really undone about it because I didn't know. I, I, I think I was undone about it because I was worried for him, and I didn't want him to feel like he was going to have to make out with his mother. I mean, it was like some weird thing in my head where I thought, oh, this poor kid. I mean, this has got to be really bizarre <laughs> for him. Yeah, so how did how did you guys break the ice for that? I mean, like, so, hey, we're going to have a storyline. I'm pretty sure it was funny doing that storyline to, together like that. I pretty I, I have this imagination in my head where you tried to do some kind of romantic scene or have some romantic tension that all you do is just bust up and start laughing and you have to cut. Well, you know, that is in your head only because, let me tell you, that did not, he he was, he is so, 
he has grown into himself as a person and an actor, but but especially as an actor. This, mm. you know, in these years he's been on the show. But don't forget, back then he was new. He was on the show That's only true. for about six months or so when when that happened. Wow. And I already get like a storyline like that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah and he was scared and he was nervous and I was nervous and we got thrown into it where you know it was that kissing and the bar you know, scene. I remember I bar think I remember the bar death. scene. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of laughing. We were very we were both concerned about the other and you know and it was there was a, a lot for, especially for me and you know, I did not want that boy to be traumatized. That was my biggest. <laughs> Thing. You know, like, I don't want to traumatize him. But he was really a good sport, and I was too, and we really are good friends and always have gotten along great. And and so as time went by and we were starting to, you know, relax into it and be able to laugh about it and not be so uptight and nervous about it, which I thought brought an interesting tension to everything, mm-hmm. Um I, you know, it was over. By the time that we started to laugh and crack up and, and you know, get giddy about stuff, it, it, the storyline was coming to an end. And I always will look back as that being one of my favorite times, you know. Awesome. Uh, you know, favorite stories, yeah, because yeah. he's a tremendously talented kid. There you go. That kind of brings me back to when you said, you know, work, you like working with the younger set on the show. It, um... It gives you, as an actress, you're you're able to basically help them grow as an actor or an actress of that age bracket on the show. You're able to give them little tidbits or techniques that will help them improve in what they're doing. And I really like that about um, about soaps, and especially about the younger set on the show, that they actually are able to look up to those who have been doing this business for a long time. I think that's great. Well, you know, when they when they come on the show, you always kind of know who's going to make it and who's not because it's in their it's in their attitude and their willingness to to you know you're going to have a certain amount of confidence and then they're going to build on that. And our job as the you know veterans on the show and people that have been around doing this for a long time is to remember when it was we started, how we felt, how green we were, how we were finding our way, who helped us. And, and and it's and it's really our responsibility to never tell them what to do or how to do it, but to let them know that if they need us, we're there. If you need to know anything, if you need to run lines, if you don't understand a, the structure of a scene, just ask. But you know, it's 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 bad form to tell people no matter what on a set for one performer to another. You just don't ever 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 say, "You're not going to do it like that, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you oh, just, man. But sometimes these kids come on and they think that they know everything. Oh, no. And and oh. you know that they're not going to last because you can't know everything at that exactly. age. Except exactly. there is that actor on General Hospital, and I don't know how old he is, and and he is extraordinary. And I don't know where he came from, and I don't know what he's done because I've been so busy. I haven't had time to do my due diligence. And it's the kid from General Hospital. He's very character-y. You know who I'm talking about? Spinelli? Spinelli. Oh. He is phenomenal. I mean... I don't even watch that show. I'm I'm a CBS fan. I knew who it was. (laughs) That's funny. You know what's interesting? If you watched it, you can't take your eyes off him because he is so 
interesting, and he's a great actor for young kids or anybody to watch that wants to do this because you will see what it is that makes a, a person you riveted to the screen. It, it is a some best. It is a something that a person has, but it, I believe it's also something you can learn. So you know, if you've got talent to begin with, you study somebody like that because he's really fascinating. That kid. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Very. Do we have good. any board questions for uh, Miss Edwin? Actually, there is one that I did want to ask from the message board. Someone go right ahead. No. Someone wanted to know what are your opinions opinions on the writer strike. Well, I'm really sad about the strike because I, I have a lot of I'm I have a lot of friends that are writers and and you know they're really struggling now. I mean, how it's not easy to be without a paycheck for exactly on you know four weeks now, and it it might go on till May, and so you know it's it's, it's horrendous, and at this time of year especially, but yeah. for us it's really a sad situation because we're grateful that we get to keep working, but Ron Carlovati, who is our head writer and has been with this show for 15 years as a writer and finally got the, appointed the job as head writer, which he so deserved to have. And I agree. he I agree. changed. Did you see how he turned the show around in a minute? It was incredible. Uh, this, the much-needed change on that show, it, it was incredible. From what the, I, I want to say this so badly, forgive me, Lord, but that hack, Dina Higley, <laughs> which you know. Doing this show, and then when we got Ron to come on, and he just got appointed, had, you just noticed the change instantly. We had well, everybody you know, that we loved. Yeah, he's and he's incredible. But Frank Valentino, who's our executive producer, who has also been with the show for the same uh, amount of years and worked his way up through every job possible to, to where he is, to, to, to the two of them together, plus the writers that they have underneath them, but the two of them together really just I don't know they just turned that show around in in a in a moment and and I mm-hmm. saw it on the air and I was actually part of it so I was I was really um so happy because I've watched that show for so long before I was on it and I know what that show can be and and then just when we were hitting our stride the strike happened and Ron right. Hans worked through the strike so his stories are still in place but they will not be written by him. They will be written by other writers. I don't know who that uh, can write that it won't be crossing the line. And and you know I don't and I and he and I pray for him and for our show and for every writer that is out of work right now. Right. That that strike will Cola end. Booth. Hmm? Huh? <laughs> Cola Booth. Well, you sing Cola Booth, right? And for one life to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what a, what a <laughs> Dalton Trumbo. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. But it's really, you know, so far. I mean, we're doing okay, but you know, it's nothing like what it could be if that man was and our writers are back because we do have amazing writers. Yes, I heavily agree. So the show is incredible. It's on fire. For those of you who do not watch, you have to tune in to One Life to Live right now because it's the to watch. best. It is the best thing that's on the air right now. It it is on in my town, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Every day on ABC, weeknights on SoapNet at 9 p.m. East. I, I sound like the SoapNet promo. Uh, SoapNet rocks. <laughs> it's my favorite channel. I, 
You know what I mean? So um, definitely, definitely check out One Life to Live. But we are down to less than two minutes left in our show. This was so much fun. It was. Oh. And Catherine, I need to know, are you going to be at the Daytime Emmy Awards this year? Uh, I I really I I hope so. You know I I Hopefully. really do. I haven't gone in the last few years just because like one year I was doing a play and then last year I, it was in L A and I just couldn't be there and um, mm-hmm. so this year yes I I really hope to to go um, and I just since we're down to the last two minutes I just want to say that don't forget in addition to checking out One Life to Live check out your dreams and <laughs> I, I love it keep going I love that. and you know and Go for it. Everybody go for it. I mean, just this is this is it. This is our one and only life. And, you know, just don't be afraid of anything. Just my three favorite words after I love you are and so what because, you know, I like that. the worst thing that can happen. Good. And so there you go. Well, hopefully we see you at the Emmy Awards. You might see me on the red carpet. I'm posting for one of the online blogs. We will be interviewing all those daytime vets and all those daytime newcomers. Come May or the May and or May or June, wherever it comes out. I'll tell you what, I will try to make a point of being there because I want to see. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully, we're seen together. That'd be great to be seen together. I will do it. I'll come to a radio scene with you or a scene anywhere with you anytime. We know the creator. That'd be awesome. Okay. You know where I'm I'm proud of you guys. Really proud of you guys. You guys have something really special. You are very inspiring to us. You're inspiring to all the, the the actors and actresses out there. Um. Thank you so much for everything. You would love big balls inspiration. Oh, thanks. Uh, Well, you know, don't forget I have a book coming out next year that's all about that, and I hope that I'll get to do the show with you again and know when when it's time to promote that. You are definitely welcome. We'd love to have you back. Okay, and thank you guys, and and, and God bless everybody. Of course. Love you. Thank you very much. I love you you. too. (laughs) Bye, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you again. Catherine Hicklin, everybody, our our very first show, our very first guest. That was a fantastic show. I, I loved every minute of it, of doing this show. And a little, little behind the scenes about about this show. I, I actually never wanted to tell any of my close personal friends that I was doing this show because I was embarrassed. I was, I was actually embarrassed. And I didn't think they would ever support what I was doing, and even when I started up this show, I didn't think it would be a huge success, because I didn't think a lot of people would tune into the show. I I honestly didn't. I really thought that once we started this show, I I previously did another show, and I wanted to do all the stuff that I'm doing with Buzzworthy on the other show that I was doing, but it it, it didn't happen that way, and you know, I, I started up this show and decided to take what I was going to do on the previous program into effect and what I wanted and, and, and do it here. And I really didn't think it was going to pan out at all. I, I honestly thought that this show was going to flop. I honestly thought I would not be doing this show for a total of three years. I thought we were going to be done after a month or so, and I wouldn't be back here doing this anymore. And lo and behold, I was proven wrong, and I <laughs> I will never forget the surprise not just on the online community supporting me, but my own friends and and family supporting me as well. So I I I think that will forever live in my heart, and I want to thank you guys so much for being able to do that for me and showing your love and support for it and for the show and for myself. And 
I'll always be grateful and never take it for granted because I know that this show will not be here the next day probably or the day after that. So I'm I'm very I'm very pleased with what we were able to accomplish. So I'm I'm very happy with that. Thank you so much again. But we are back tomorrow with episode two of Anniversary Week where we'll be airing three back to back interviews with one with Maurice Bernard, who we had a chance to talk with for the first time this year, back in February. Uh, Patricia Richardson, who many fans loved and adored as Jill Taylor from Home Improvement, and Scott Bryce, the original Craig Montgomery on As the World Turned. It was three wonderful interviews I can't wait to share with you guys. Those who had not listened to it before, you're in for a treat for all three of them going to be a fantastic show again and I'm looking forward to sharing these with you again so we'll be back tomorrow on the Belgian Alien making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio we'll see you guys tomorrow can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests past shows and videos of all your favorite stars keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.